0: Composing Myself, a special podcast series celebrating 50 years of great composers at Wise Music. Presented by Jill Graham and Dave Holly. So welcome to today's uh, Composing Myself podcast. Today we're talking to composer Rachel Portman, whose film scores include Cider House Rules, Chocolat and Emma, for which she became the first woman to win the Oscar for music. She's written opera, orchestral, orchestral works and recently become a recording artist. Can we start with what might be a, 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 a strange question, but, but was there anything that inspired you to become a co- composer? What, what, what led you down this, this, this way of living and, and creating?
1: Uh, I mean, who knows why anybody begins to write music. I, um, I mean, I started learning piano and I enjoyed playing, um, you know, piano and t- taking tunes off the TV and off the radio and, and, and then being able to just play them for my friends and my parents and their, and their friends and it was probably as a result of that, I, I just thought, what else can I do? So I started writing things, um, you know, obviously. So, and, and I couldn't write them down <clears throat> when I was, uh, well, like 13, 14, which was when I started. Um, they, I had no means of doing that, um, but I was, I was really lucky because I've um, come from a big family and um, one of my older sisters, one of my three older sisters I have a brother as well He's older, but um, she was going out with a composer called Ben Mason, Benedict Mason, yeah. and um, he took an interest. And he, I remember he, he I've still got it. He, he wrote out beautifully this one piece that I did that I was never going to be able to, be able to, to, to write out at that age. And, and I, and I in, in a family where I was the only musician, I, I, I had this encounter with someone who was a composer albeit that he, what, what would he, he would've been like 22, 23. And I think actually that probably put a seed in, in my mind that that's, that's that's I can do that, I could do that. Um, and so I, I, I think I, I owe a lot to that experience. You know, I mean, I often think if I, you know, of all, all, all the really pivotal experiences that you have as, you, as, as you're sort of forming who you are, um, you know, I went, I didn't go to music college, I went to university to read music, um, and I went to Oxford, and I found the course really dry, and mm. even though, you know, I wanted, I, I wanted to, still knew I wanted to be a composer, um, the professor who I had to show my, my music to wasn't the least bit interested in anything I was doing, um, so then that diverted me into, as it happened, theatre and then film, and then it became film, um, because I've, I wasn't wanting to go down a much more avant-garde composing kind of music, if you know what I mean, which was what I was being encouraged to. And that was of the of of the time then. It was what 1980? Mm. Um and and I sort of think, well, that was another big, a big influence. Um and then thinking I'd go into film, I didn't know anybody in the film world um at all. So again, I I had no no one out there to see how, how to do that. Um, and, and again, I had another very, very lucky break, um, sort of, as it were, like, almost like an intervention. It's not like an intervention, but it sounds like it. It's like, it's like a sort of like a springboard. When I, I met, um, Alan Parker giving a a, a talk, he was giving about, um, Midnight Express. And he was the most wonderful, generous man to young people. And, um, and I think he really likes young people and, You you know, um, was you know really friendly and chatting. We were chatting in the bar, and but as a result of that, I sent him an audio cassette of my um uh, of of my music, and he passed it on to his great friend David Putnam, who is another person (laughs) who gave people chances, um, and still is giving people chances, and and, you know, and and, you know, really advocating and helping young filmmakers in Ireland. Um, Wonderful, wonderful man. Anyway, he gave me my first proper job. So, what's
0: the first job?
1: The first job was a film for, well, it was really, it was really exciting because um, this was in 1982, and at that point in the UK, there were three television channels. There was BBC One, BBC Two, and ITV, and that was it. That's all we ever (laughs) had to watch anything on. And, you know, there was this tradition, and still is, although things are very different now, that the BBC made wonderful things like Plays for Today and like, really good single films for television. And, you know, a lot of, you know, the, the British film industry was really, you know, we had this, these extraordinary f- films made for television. And that was sort of almost our film industry in a way. I always felt that there was a sort of similarity or, or maybe those films were sometimes released or whatever. But so Channel 4 then started. And Channel 4 came in with this really exciting new agenda that they were going to make films, films on 4. They were were Channel 4 films. And a lot of them had a limited um, cinema release. And there was suddenly this this new burst of money and energy to make these films. And David Putnam's company made um, a series of films about first love. Um, And, you know, everybody watched them because there was so little content. You know, know, these films... We all knew when they were coming on and we watched them and they were, they were really, they were great. And I did one of these and it was aptly, it was called um, Experience Preferred, but not Essential. Because <laughs> 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 I was just, you know, I had none. And, you know, I, I didn't know any, I mean, I, I had no craft in, in writing music for film. I just had this determined feeling that I kind of, I, I, I would be able to do it. I didn't come from a film background, you know, my parents weren't into, you know, uh, th- th- there were no sort of, it, there was no cinema language in, in my family. And I probably hadn't seen that many films, but I just knew that this was something I'd love to do. And I, and I was fascinated in the alchemy of putting music to film. And, um, and I had this break, it's lucky break. And I did it in like two weeks um, and got this chance. As it was this film experience preferred. Um, it was about to go out on channel four. It was all finished, and so I was effectively rescoring of um, where a score where where David Putnam wasn't that happy with the score, and yeah. so he thought, well, you know, I'll give her a chance. So um, if it if I hadn't have succeeded, he, it would have gone out like it was.
0: Were you able to sort of support yourself from that point onwards? For, or, or, or would, no way. Was no. it music no. you did it there, and you had to do other things to start off with.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, and I couldn't support myself. I couldn't support myself. I. I began to be able to support myself about six years later from music. But between the age of 22 and 28, I, I had infrequent, very good quality commissions. So I did a film with Mike Lee. I did, a, um, I, did, I did various BBC plays for today. But then I'd have like 12 months with nothing where I'd be waiting. Or I might do a radio play. And, I mean, and then there was far less far less content out there to be writing music for when you were relatively new on the scene uh, you know, and for me to cut my teeth and get experience you know there, there, there wasn't social media there wasn't the inter- interconnectivity that there is now um, to find out what's you know to, to put yourself out there so I was sitting you know uh, waiting for the phone to ring I'd got an agent and the phone never rang and I, I was put up for things and but you know but I had no experience I had very little experience and um and so I I just filled I filled the time with jobs that I could drop very quickly like cooking and waitressing and um so that's what I did you're now a full-time composer are you not no I am yes I am and
2: sometimes performer we'll get on to that um do you have a particular place that you work, a routine? Are you a morning writer, or an evening? Is it an all-day thing? What's your kind of rhythm and location?
1: I'm mainly based in West Sussex now, although I I sort of go between that and West London. And I have uh, a space, a studio in both places. And I, 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 you know, I write with pencil and paper and I'm oh, a... Well. I have. I'm a person of routines. I'm a definitely a morning person. I, I. What,
0: what time are you up? Do you have a, a getting up time and a work time?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I like. I mean, I, I really love the early mornings before you've. You. I mean, if you feel you've done a nice stretch of work before lunchtime, you've got. You know. You You've got a good solid five, four, five hours in. That that makes me really happy. Um, it's not always possible to to get all of that in, but um but but that's it it is that that is my favorite time and then after lunch um it's it's good too but you know the, the early it, it but but the best time is the morning i mean I, you I just sort of carry on after lunch but by five o'clock four or five o'clock i'm i'm uh, definitely thinking you know i should take the dog for a walk or maybe i should reply to some emails um but um, I try not to look at emails and try not to be disturbed and I keep the phone off and um, and I, it's, it's real do not disturb in the mornings.
0: Do do, do you ever suffer from writer's uh, block?
1: Yeah, I think everybody does. I think, you know, I think that's it's I think everybody has um, means and mechanisms for getting over that. Um until you're in the flow and then things just happen and you forget. It's that whole thing of, I often describe it as, um, I think, as, as sort of sitting outside of an idea. You're sort of outside, you're knocking on the door and you're trying, to, you're trying to enter the room of where you need to be. And, um, and for some reason, it's usually myself myself is in the way and, or I'm trying too hard or, or whatever. And then something is unlocked and then I don't, and then I'm not even thinking anymore and I'm just off and I'm writing. It's always uncomfortable, um, it's the, the, the thought of having, you know, when things aren't going well or when you've spent an awfully long time writing something and then you look back on it and you think, oh no, I've gone down, I've gone down a, a rabbit hole yeah. and, and that's all wrong. I need to unpick the whole thing and like start again. Now it's just, just the way it is. Um, but I have, I have, I um, have, Means and ways of getting over that, and um, which I've honed over the years.
0: What, what sort of things do you do? do?
1: Well, what sort of things? <laughs> Firstly, um, if things aren't going well, it's really important that you don't just uh, say, "Okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna write." In that case, I'm, I'm gonna, <clears throat> I'm gonna go and mow the lawn, or I'm gonna go and do something else because. Um, that sort of kind of makes the situation worse, so i try i just try and find a different a different way of looking at what i 'm doing, or uh, you, you know if there 's a different part I can work on but i keep it 's really important to stay there and to put the time in, even if the time even if you know you 've had a bad few days, those mm-hmm. days were important mm-hmm. so what happened after that they kind of are um and then you know, usually what happens is also you you know you. When I'm not working, I'll go for a walk and and you know then I'll have an idea that will unlock something. But I don't allow myself to go for a walk when I should be working. If you know what I mean.
0: So you you occupy the the, the desk. Yeah. You do the work, even though it's not easy. It's yeah. yeah because
1: I think, yes, yeah. because I think that's 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 sort of like it's allowing yourself to come back to yourself and reapproach in a really in a in a in a way where you're totally centred and Mm. you're still there and you're still trying and you're, you you know, you're, you're, you're not avoiding it and sort of looking elsewhere or running away. I mean, sometimes ideas do pop into your head like that, but, but I think, I think it's important to be there even when things aren't great.
2: I think it's interesting, isn't it? That, uh, when you are walking, I mean, I'm just very conscious that a lot of your work is inspired by the environment and nature. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. But, I mean, when you're out walking and, say, something does come into your head, do you rush back home to write it down? How do you hang on to that inspiration? Have you got a notebook you take with you? Oh, I've, um, I
1: am <laughs> I, I, I sing into a voice memo on my phone. I've been do doing you?
2: That Fantastic. Yeah. So, the musicologists of the world will be quite fascinated by that.
1: When they well, no, I know. No, and I, I mean, and I, so I, so I sing, I sing, and I also harmonize while I'm doing it as well. So, it, it sounds pretty strange afterwards. I just say, this, you know, I'll whisper in because quite, I'm quite subconscious when so I'm doing that. If there's anyone else around, say, so, so this, is, this is the upper line, this is the middle line, and this is, this is the, um, the rhythm, and it goes like this. And I sing it a few times, and then I've got it, and then I can relax.
0: How so then the good people of West Sussex <laughs> have this eccentric <laughs> person who walks through, around harmonizing with themselves yeah. yeah
2: fabulous that's really interesting, and I think also with um i suppose the last couple of years uh I suppose we better mention the l word, the lockdown word um and uh, how was it for you in lockdown? Did you notice a complete, I, I know various important things happened to you personally during that time, but uh, in terms of writing music and the isolation, how was it?
1: Well, I feel very lucky. I had a, because, uh, you know, I, was, I wasn't in the city mm. during lockdown and um, it was the most beautiful spring um, and early summer, like we've never had before. And so I, you, you know, I was, I was extremely happy balancing um, this extremely, sort of extraordinarily quiet time when um, you, you know, it felt like the world stood still and nature breathed again. And I was able to really... Um, sort of feel all of that and, and experience it. And, you know, that, that was great for writing. And so I was, I, I, I was sort of in, in, in one sense, um, apart from being sort of like obviously very worried about my kids and, um, you know, what they were going through because they were all at university. Yeah. Um, but I was in a very good place, um, and able to work and, uh, it, it hasn't affected me adversely at all i mean you, i i did a film um in the first lockdown um it was sort of like yeah it was sort of like june I, I started i i never met the director um i everything was done on ever ever cast screenings and we were just saying um you know so so i'd be in in touch with the edit um uh, and, and the director and the editor, who also hadn't met each other, and the music editor. We were all on this big screen, and all, all of our meetings and the whole of the, the thing happened remotely. We were saying, you know, this wouldn't have been enough to happen. If, if COVID had happened five years earlier, there wouldn't have been the technology to do that. Yeah. You probably would have found another way around it, but it was, it was extraordinary. So, um, you know, and as, as a composer, I spent an awful lot of time on my own anyway. So um, it, it hasn't been too bad. Recording, on the other hand, getting musicians together is another whole thing. And that felt, you know, I'm lucky because I wasn't affected. I'm not a musician who plays in an orchestra, but that felt really, really moving when, when we um, recorded that score, you know, it, it, was, it was incredibly moving for everybody to be together. It was Brilliant. one of the firsts, and um, people were sort of spaced out. And um, it, it, you know, but they hadn't been together and played music together for mm. a while. And, and um, yeah, so it, it's I mean, extraordinary times.
0: I guess, I guess, those got some of those guys who weren't employed by orchestras, they would have really struggled.
1: The orchestral contractor, I know, um, was uh, through different projects, you know using, asking different players who hadn't been playing that much, you know, and sort of like spreading the work around where he could, you know, which I thought was amazing to, to, to get, give work because the work just like uh, it was done by so much. So, so many few you, you know, people hadn't worked for so long. So spreading it out. And
2: and was the process of recording quite different? Did you have to separate sections? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Everyone was really worried about the wind players. They hated them. Of course. They had to be behind. They had to be behind <laughs> great big buffer screens, and um, uh, yeah. And then there was a then there was a deep suspicion of the choir and the chorus, and um, they all had to be sort of um, sort of sort of like separate, standing separately with like meters between them, um, and you know the whole the 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 hall we were we we were at, and we were pl- pl- recorded Abbey Road and Air uh, different sessions for different times for it. Um, but I remember uh, a big session at, at Air, and they literally had to, everyone had to leave, and the whole studio had to be aired, if you know what I mean, for, they had to have like three hours of the air on before these wow. singers could come in and sing. Um, and then it all had to be, you, you know, hours spent, more than anything, it was like time given. Um, it took, everything takes so long because you have to have half as many players in a room and um and then this constant changing of air. It's extraordinary if you think about it.
2: Separation is almost something that some composers really like, others don't like it because you're not getting spill, etc. And I uh I don't know. Did you do you have a preference now you've gone through that? Despite yeah, the fact um, it I... takes three times longer.
1: Oh yeah, no, no, no. I think I mean I was glad it worked out really well, but um no, I like everybody playing together. Mm. Um, I, and I, I'm uncomfortable about um, certainly the way films are recorded now. With, uh, you, you know, with this, it, it's often that, um, that the studio wants to have control. You know, it's always about deferring decisions. So, mm. you know, uh, anything that, that they're sort of slightly unsure of, they say, well, just give us separate stems for everything. So record everything differently. Yeah? I remember the first time I I did that on a film where, uh, where we got everybody to run everything down the, the whole whole orchestral piece, and then it was like okay now we're just going to do the brass and everything was tickling. And I just felt the whole soul went out of everything. And um, you know, if I look back at you know recordings of mine and, of, of uh, it's always it, it's where things happened when they were live that's important and where everyone was together. It's uh, and it's very sanitized, I think, to, um, you know, and I, 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 I my, my music is less about, um, you know, playing with the different things that can be done in a studio after you've recorded it. It's very much about the musical idea and the performance and the players and the performance that they give that is the part and soul of, the music and what I try to do. Do you, do
0: you um, conduct?
1: No, I don't. I don't. Hmm. I never have. And um, I, it, you know, I'm thinking, well, it's a bit late to start now. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever have been able to do it in such a way that I, it would have been a... Um, and it wasn't something that interested me to, to do a lot. So I would have just been conducting my own stuff. And the last thing I want is a player you know, in the orchestra saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, she's not a very good conductor, <laughs> uh, you know, because I know I've heard them joke about film composers. Um, yeah. You know, they're very mean and I'm, I'm far too sensitive to do that. And plus, plus uh, to be honest, it saves a huge amount of time if I'm in the, in, in the booth, because I can hear what's going down. Often the conductor can't hear, I mean, they can't hear all the musicians anyway. They can't hear what went down if something happened or something. And you need a really good purpose. Whereas, I So I'm right on it if I'm sitting, hearing what's going down when it's being played.
0: Can, can I ask you, how, how do your film projects begin? How, how do you start? What what do you have to work from, typically, when, when you're um, um, starting to think about composing?
1: In 90, 95% of the time, it's, um, it's a, a sort of... middling, early-ish cut of the film. So the film isn't... It's usually called the director's cut, which is probably the film, depending on how big the budget is, but it will have been editing. So after all the shooting, um, it'll have been edited with the director and the editor just together for a couple of months, maybe more. And then when they've got this beast into some kind of shape and story... Um, they they then bring the composer in, and then they bring you know the producers in, and um, and then often it's as long again. Um, so it's uh, b- b- before they start. Um, you start thinking about uh, recording the music, but I mean that's that's what it should be, and then inevitably you know. Um, with the best one in the world, these schedules slide all over the place. And, um, you know, there might need to be additional shooting. There might be, um, which is what happened on on Godmothered. uh, You know, you get to to, to the end, everything's edited, and then someone says, oh, God, we need to write a scene to make it work because they've previewed it in front of a a test audience and people didn't like the ending. You know, I mean, so those sort of kind of things happen. Then schedules never get shorter. No, <laughs> Never given less time, you're, you're usually given a bit more But you're told to hurry
2: up, hurry up, hurry up the whole time I, I'm really interested in what you say about you know having everyone in the room together Because I think one of my favourite scores of yours, you no know, surprises uh, Is Cider House Rules and Thank the way you. the piano and everything blends Please tell me you didn't do the piano separately We
1: certainly did not, the piano's right it in the middle of the room It works brilliantly Thank you, No, but you know what, I would have even had a problem if the piano was in a booth because uh, if the piano for facade house had been, you know, in a in a booth, in a um, it, it would have sounded a bit boxy. Yeah. It just isn't the same thing. You've got to let the whole thing breathe with everybody else, and then then they breathe and play as one. Mm.
2: Yeah, and and it works beautifully. <laughs> you know, writing to picture, you know, for example, is one, you know, you're following a narrative or you're following a visual, whatever. But uh, talking about say your that your opera The Little Prince, which you know you worked with the librettist and the director, do is there similar input from the other people in writing an opera as there is from film or
1: is it a freer process? It's a much freer process. You you're you're working you are working in a collaboration mm-hmm. um uh with uh, with wanting to to get things right um, dramaturgically okay. and you know lyrically and and so you are working in in a sort of small team but actually there's no one saying um, I don't think that's right I don't like that whereas that's what happens in film you know sort of like you 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 present your offering you can present your offering. Which has taken you a long while, and you think, God, it's really good, you know. And and someone will say, someone will say, no, it's not what I wanted. And you're like, what? It's what the film needs. It's what you know. And it, it, it's 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 great. It's going to work. And I mean, I'm not saying that I'm always right, but um, certainly in opera or uh, you know, or any classical commission, that's sort of that setting words or all that kind of thing, you haven't got you you the status, I guess, of the music mm-hmm. is 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 much higher you're yeah, keen, I think really you're, you're really the you, you know it's your show yeah
2: you um, it's a music led pursuit absolutely. so so in a sense absolutely. the first thing you probably get after discussion is the libretto yeah. and you're leading that collaboration because you can say say to nick wright who wrote those beautiful words that adaptation of the little prince that's not really singable, that's not really yeah. settable, yeah. you know, so actually you're kind of at the top of the pyramid exactly. you, in yeah. that sense. Yeah. So I, I think that must be quite rewarding. It's very rewarding. Yes. It really is.
0: You mentioned earlier on that you rank your pieces and you know which ones you feel are better. The obvious question is, which are your, which are your favourites?
1: Well, of everything.
0: Of the things you've written, yeah. Has it all been film work? Or no, a,
1: no, it hasn't. No, I mean, they, they are... Well, what would they be? I mean, I think in film, it would probably be Never Let Me Go, Ciderhouse mm. House Rules and Chocolat, probably. Mm. I think of um, my uh, concert, as it were, commissions. Uh, I would be Little Prince, Water Diviner's Tale... Um, first Morning of the World, um, Earth Song, and, and Ask the River, you know. So, I've, I mean, that's, that's, th- those are all things that, I, that I'm really um, um, happy with. As we said
2: before, a lot of your concert music is related to the environment and nature, you know, from writing Earth Song with wonderful poet Nicholas Drake, and then through Water Diviner's tale, which is a call to arms for young people about climate emergency, which even over a decade ago was very prescient. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, where's that come from? That attention to environment and nature.
1: Oh gosh, it's, I mean, it's come from the fact that it hurts. Mm-hmm. That uh, it hurts that we've lost so many species. Um, it hurts about the, you know, the degradation of nature in the UK. It just, uh, and when I say it hurts, it, 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 I feel upset about it. Um, uh, and so therefore, it feels like the most important thing to write about.
2: The album, Master the River, uh, not only was a real um, embodiment of nature, but it was your first album as a performer. Yes. So, you got to write music that you wanted to perform. Yay!
1: How was it? Oh, um, well, yeah, how was it? Well, I've always been in the background um, writing, but never, I never put myself forward even to play in sessions. Um, I think that's because of lack of confidence from not having ever played in an orchestra much, except for at school, uh, in the second violins. Yeah, you know, and if you don't have that kind of experience playing together in a group, um, you know, it was kind of scary for me in, in with with session players for me to be playing the piano. Having said that, I was um always incredibly all over the pianist, making sure that they played it. How I I, you know, I'm very critical of how um how how music is how, how my music is played on the piano if it's a piano piece. Um or, or, or specific, rather, not critical. And um and it was really, you know. So I, I, I was doing this album, "Ask the River," and and it seemed I wasn't particularly keen to play the of myself, and and then I was persuaded that, of course, I would be the person who would know how to play them in the way that they were intended, and so I decided to take that challenge, mm. and um, and and do it, and I'm re- and I'm really glad, and and I found found it. Um, Really enjoyable, and I'm doing it again. So, um, yeah, what are you doing? Well, I'm doing I, well, I'm going to I'm doing a follow up um album to Ask the River, which uh, and I've also recently just um recorded it, hasn't come out yet, um, an album for Sony of my film works played on piano, and some of them have got cello with them too, but mm. some of the pieces, but I actually spent um quite a bit of time curating this, this Filmworks album, um, uh, you know, trying, wanting to make these pieces, pieces that I thought would really work um, on solo piano um, and in that context. And often they needed, um, you know, sort of love and, and, and shaping and that kind of thing. And, um, and again, and I recorded those myself, which I hugely, I enjoyed hugely as well.
2: So second time around, was it easier or was this yes. the same second days, Yeah, <laughs> no.
1: second second time around. Um, uh, it's still it 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 felt um, no, it it felt really good. But it's something I take very seriously. Hmm. I, you know, I sort of it there, there, I I, I there, there's quite a lot of preparation even for something that hopefully comes across as effortless. Um, the you know, in in the performance, uh, it it. You know, I, I spend a lot of time thinking about it.
2: Mm. And I, I, I love the fact that, you know, your first um, big classical piece, The Little Prince, was put out by Sony. And now you're doing another three albums with yep. Sony. It's great You have sort of just come back 20 years later and gone, hey, which <laughs> is fantastic, and it's been
1: a great collaboration.
0: When, when is the film um, uh, extracts album due out, and what, what's it going to be called?
1: It's going to be called. Um, it, it's going to be called film works on piano. Beyond the screen. Beyond the screen. Beyond
2: the
0: screen. And is it this this year? It will be out.
1: Yes, it's in in, in September. It's oh,
0: September.
2: Yeah. Rachel, through you know lockdown, all of that. Is your world? Did your world change? Are you going to do things differently because of it, or is it really just sort of pressing reset? or did it not feel different i know you said that you you're often alone writing all the time but mm. th-
1: what did you miss i i think i i honestly feel i haven't been as, as affected as you know uh as someone who spends a lot of time making music mm. um so i i it not a lot has changed for me except for i you know that i i feel that if anything, I got closer to, um, to nature and to the land and to my connection with writing, you know, for the earth during lockdown, because for me, lockdown was an extraordinary time where I, where, where I, there was no separation. You know, I was, I, I wasn't able to be in London. I wasn't able, you know, everything stopped and calmed down so much that, um, you know, in, in many ways, I found myself listening to nature more than I have ever. Mm. Um, and, and realizing its importance. Have, have
0: any of those changes that happened in the the film guys all working over video conferencing and people, have people gone back to <laughs> flying in to meet or are they still? Oh
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. I mean, yes. I mean, some of it's, some of it quite rightly can be an awful lot. I'm sure everybody's experienced that. Mm. An awful lot of, you know, what we used to do of feeling that we had to be in person and travel car, using car planes, those kind of things. A lot of that doesn't need to happen in the same way now. Um, and, and then, you know, there's very consciously, there are times when it's important, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so, so it's, it's, you know, obviously, obviously things have relaxed here so much in this country now, but um, yeah, I mean, I think, it, you know, it is a different world now, you know, and with Brexit, it's a different world too. Um, you know, there have been some momentous changes uh, mm. over the last few years and, and, and enormous difficulties for um, our industry. And, uh, you know, I think the seriousness of those is felt by everybody, even if it hasn't affected me so much personally. I, you know, it's definitely, mm. it's definitely, I feel it for other people. Absolutely,
2: and I think, you know, I know you've just been away to hear the, the world premiere of the piece you wrote for Joyce Di Donato at the end of the lockdown period, uh, which is called The First Morning of the World, with wonderful uh, words by Jean Shea. How, how did it feel to be back in the live music, hearing your music that you not really heard before,
1: live, after all this time? Um well it was slight it was a little bit overwhelming Mm. to hear it to to hear the first morning of the world you know i mean sung and played with such tenderness and beauty by il pomodoro and joyce it was the you know it was the first night it was the opening night um and premiere in brussels and um uh you know, it, it's a moment in time when it begins, and you know. I mean, again, as I was saying earlier, I feel like I wrote it, and now it's out there in the world. And you know, they they gave birth to it that night, mm-hmm. and uh, it it was incredibly moving. It, it was moving, but you know, but I'm moved again by by Jean's words, and I'm really touched by the way the flautist begins that piece and the way that, you know, she, she comes in and it's done with such tenderness and the way that the rest of the orchestra sort of pick up and and play, they play it with love. And then of course, Joyce, Joyce is an extraordinary, I mean, actor, as well as, um, you know, uh, having this uh, unbelievably beautiful voice and she puts her heart and soul into that piece. I mean, she did for the obviously to the whole. I mean, you're asking me about my piece, which is why I'm I asking you about my piece <laughs> within the concert, but but she but but it's so moving, yeah, to me. It's 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 so it it's and because of the words and because of the intent and everybody playing together and the fact they care so deeply, it matters, and so it, it's it it it, it, it felt it felt incredible
0: I have to say that that is a perfect full stop to this conversation (laughs) what a lovely feeling Um, yeah thank you so much for your time I I I really enjoyed enjoyed listening to you and learning from from the conversation Um, thanks for your time